Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another TreeSale podcast. My name is James Chu. I'm the head of investment solutions at TreeSale Investment Advisors. I'm joined today by Jerry Salaya, our chief strategist. And we'll talk about something different this time. We talk about currencies a lot in the past, economics, equity markets, bond markets, etc. But we want to slightly change our focus to something different. We'll talk about commodities today. Hey, James. Hello. Now, I talk a lot with our clients and wealth managers and clients advisors. Commodity is a strange thing. I think a lot of people look at commodity because they give a clue about inflation. Some may consider it as an alternative investment. So to start, I think we'll focus a bit more today. Is there an investment case for commodities? Jerry, what do you think? Yes, I, I've always liked commodity markets, and I think commodity markets should be part of an investment portfolio. Not a huge part, but maybe 5%, 10%. But let's define commodities. I think a lot of people would say you need to have 5% gold, right? Mm-hmm. In the portfolio. And especially you and I have worked together with private bank uh, high net worth individuals, and gold is just one more asset class for them in many instances. Mm-hmm. I would expand that though and say there's a lot more out there in the commodity market for people to actually potentially be able to hedge some risks and maybe take on risk in an attempt to uh, make better, quote unquote, non-correlated returns. Mm-hmm. And that would be the key thing. Now, from the American point of view, when we talk about commodities, most professional investors would immediately start thinking about commodity trading advisors, CTAs, mm. which are basically trading futures quite actively, um, sometimes technically or quantitatively, but basically they're taking exposure in the futures markets to try to do them possible, which is create positive returns every year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Not, mm-hmm. Don't even get into the risk-adjusted side of it, just positive returns mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do it in such a way that it doesn't matter if the S&P goes up, S&P goes down, doesn't, they don't care. Mm-hmm, interest mm-hmm. rates up, interest rates down, they don't care, right? Mm-hmm. So these pension funds, and a lot of them are pension funds that put money into uh, CTAs, basically want something that doesn't correlate with the major markets, which would be equities and bonds, and provides a positive return. So in that sense, I think that sort of mindset, in my view, is not actually out of kilter with what a wealth manager, IFA, people like that, should be considering for their clients, which is, is there a way to make non-correlated positive returns and add them to my client's portfolio? Okay. Let's go to that point a little bit more about CTA funds, because uh, as you said, we look at it quite a bit before in our previous jobs and uh, responsibilities there. When you talk about CTA funds, you talk about the uncorrelated returns. Do you think it's actually because of the asset class, the commodity itself, or because of the strategies employed by the CTA managers? I think it's going to be both, because let's face it, most of the time, commodity markets are quite cyclical. Right. And this goes back to like Bible days. Commodities go in cycles. Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. And trying to ride a steady trend like you do with stocks paying dividends is very difficult. Right. You, you can't buy a commodity and say it's going to return so much per year and give me so much dividends. In most cases, that's just not going to happen. It's going to have periods of growth, and periods of decline. And you mm. need somebody who's quite good at catching trends or not getting hit by trends to be able to take advantage of those price moves. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in the US market, the futures markets, you can go short, you can go long, 
you can take advantage of rising prices, you can take advantage of falling prices, mm. and you can have options in all the futures. So you can use leverage when and if you need to, to either mm -hmm. hedge your bets or to mm -hmm. take advantage of gearing and make more Understood. money. Yeah. Mm. But let's go back to one point about the source of returns. Both commodities and, for example, stocks, they're driven by economic cycle, isn't it? The price level. I think this is, I, I just want to just understand. I think there's a, always a, if they are both linked by economic cycle, they sh, that correlation argument may not be there. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point to bring up, James. And it's one of those things where, again, you're looking into the, the forward pricing power of markets, right? So mm. as soon as, you know, quote unquote, uh, Russia invades Ukraine, you saw commodity markets take off, right? Mm. Because they could price immediately that this is going to have a huge effect on any sort of corn, wheat, or other agricultural sort of supplies coming out of Ukraine, uh, mm. oil coming out of Russia, and things like that. So the commodity market just went boom, right? Mm. Whereas stock markets, you know, it's such a nuanced story for each individual company. You know, is mm. Apple really affected by what goes on in Ukraine? I, I don't, mm. you can make all sorts of different cases for it, but at the end of the day, I think most people would say it's not a big factor for the valuation of Apple, right? In terms of the share price. So it's one of those things where, yes, economic stories play through equities and commodities, but the economic cycle, if you try to time your equity investments for that, I think you'd be wrong-footed quite a lot because the market's always looking ahead, right? So the market's looking ahead to Fed moves, the market's looking ahead to recessions, the market's looking ahead to demand boosts and things like that. And in commodities, everybody knows that who's planting, everybody knows where the crops have been taken in. Everybody can do the weather these days. And basically it's one of those things where there's so much information out there that I think professional commodity traders have a lot of work to do, which, which is why it's so interesting, right? Yeah. Let's go back to that point a little bit. I think you're right. I think like you use the Ukraine example and there are examples like, I still remember people tell me uh, about different types of pigs and have different, some will have a disease, some will actually replacing those pigs, etc. So one type of pork <laughs> will go up versus the other type of pork and things like that. So yes. these are very interesting and uh, the, the, this pork thing is probably why it's uncorrelated. But they're very short term, isn't it? It's obviously not for our long term base investors to do it themselves. But such short term things, do you think there's a place at all for long-term investors. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that long-term investors want to basically look at things and don't move a lot. And you now try to say commodity is a good asset class, but you need to trade very actively. Don't you think there's a contradiction there? Yes, potentially. But that's I would suggest for most investors, the best idea or one idea is to basically place some of your asset allocation to somebody who can trade the commodities for you and who can do that for you. In other words, I think the move to indexation and equities has, and the move to ETFs and equities mm. has really commoditized, if you want to use that word, the equity investment function. There are very few people out there who specialize in certain sectors and can return above average sort of returns on a consistent basis. You and I are lucky enough to work with some of them and they have specialized funds. And mm. they say, our fund managers are so good that they can you know, charge a fee and make a living by specializing in certain sectors, right? But in terms of broad market exposure, I don't think anybody, well, not. I don't think these days a lot of people would say there's a huge advantage to putting money with a manager 
who's going to benchmark to the S&P 500. You may as well mm. just buy the ETF because it's a heck of a lot cheaper, right? Mm, 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 so when it comes to commodities, my view is if you have a ton of time, then you may want to consider doing it yourself. However, if you don't and you want exposure to that market, you should talk to your wealth manager or advisor about coming, to, you know, getting together with some sort of fund manager who can uh, cover that market for you mm -hmm, on a more mm -hmm. active basis. Going back to the forward-looking nature of the markets, mm -hmm. um, there's a ETF that I follow. It's called ICOM, and they follow the Bloomberg Commodity Index. So it's, okay. it's not, basically it's a swap index. So that yeah, yeah. tends to avoid some of the role problems in ETFs that track commodities, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this commodity index or ETF crashed in the first quarter, second quarter of 2020, right? Mm. Because of the global shutdown and nobody knew what was going on. Yes. And then it shot higher. I mean, we're talking yes. more than double. Yeah. And it peaked, believe it or not, during the summer of 2022. So that's when the war in Ukraine was going on full, you know, boom, invasion started. This is not okay. good news. Okay. And yet the markets looked forward and said, mm -hmm. you know what? We can deal with this now. And mm. basically it fell over 20%. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where the markets look forward, which is why it's so important to basically be able to actively manage, in my view, your exposure to commodity markets. Yeah. And like you said, okay. that might deter some people. They might say, no, 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 no. I just want to buy and hold and make money no matter what. In my view, that's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, yeah. But also, actually, interestingly, that's one of the reasons why I kept saying to our clients that even though you may or may not uh, recommend people put into commodities, you need to keep an eye on commodities because it send very interesting signals and information. Correct. Uh, 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 the example we just quote basically is telling you a bit about not only reacting to market, but also forward-looking. Like yes. the, the, and that's interesting as well. So I think that's one of the reasons why we mentioned commodities in our weekly publication, monthly publication is precisely that because help you to as an in investor to form an investment strategy. Which I think is so important. And especially yeah. when there's so much froth in the headlines. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I get all these you know, updates from colleagues around the world. And they're always nice. They, they mean well. But so many times they're like, you know, behind the times so when you can look at the commodity price and see it crashing mm -hmm. and yet you're getting updates from people telling you to be worried about this worried about that and you're going well you know the professional market's already discounted that and it's mm -hmm. actually going the other way now so mm -hmm. you know it's so important to keep an eye yeah. on things. yeah now i think you mentioned something interesting which probably we won't have time to cover today about swap index row yield etc because that's one of the strange thing about investing in commodities and commodity indices we'll leave it in another podcast because that's quite involved but let's go back to one thing that you mentioned less and use it to conclude our podcast today you mentioned about actually selecting cta managers or commodity managers to help me to actually get the outperformance or the alpha on the asset class what will you say if you just want to say to the audience two or three things that will help to pick a good CTA manager or commodity manager? Sure. I think for most clients, CTA managers, you really only talk to professional investors, pension funds, things like that. I yeah. don't know of that many that cater to retail, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's the first stumbling block. So you have to get together with your wealth manager, do a bit of homework. Number one thing, fees, 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 right? Because so many times commodity markets, 
if you know we can talk about boom times we, and, and those are great and that's what 2022 was for a lot of people right mm -hmm. they're not that often repeatable so mm -hmm. a lot of times you should be looking and you should expect what i would consider to be single digit returns so that's six percent seven percent year in year out and don't get greedy because that's actually you know not bad <laughs> and as part of a portfolio so it's, it's an absolute return thing isn't it Yes, that's the only way to look at it. I mean, we could talk about, you know, commodity funds that advertise making 60% year in, year out. I mm -hmm. would say that's very difficult to do without a lot of gearing and a lot of risk. And as long as you're happy with the gearing and you're happy with the risk and you're happy with the potential to wipe out, then fine. That's, you know, between you and your wealth manager. But mm -hmm. when I look at commodity funds and I look at CTAs, I very, very much am happy with single digit returns. You know, obviously edging towards 8% or higher would be nice, right? But it's one of those things where, you have to accept what they do. They try to take advantage of markets and sometimes these markets have no trend or they have a very mixed trend. So getting a positive return at all is actually good going. Yeah. Yeah. And the key thing to do is to keep an eye on the cost. How much does it cost me to get this exposure? Interesting. I think I like what you said about the last point because I remember uh, there's a well-known, very well-known CTA manager, which I won't name for at the moment, uh, but they actually, I remember listening to their uh, presentation. They have 100 different positions. There's so many commodities you could trade. Again, this is something we could cover in another podcast. They have 100 positions and all they want to do each month is, I got 51 right, 49 wrong. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's the risk control is thing. So I think that's actually, I always remember that because when we talk about CTA, we, as you said, Jerry, we look and the managers there, which we see many of the pitchers, try to say, I got 20% return. They want you to believe that there's actually gro growth like crypto and things like that. Yes. <laughs> like that amount. But the reality yeah. is that good managers, like you said, probably generate with single digit, low fee, not excessive leverage. They don't actually do a lot of borrowing or use excessive futures, et cetera, to control risk. So, I mean, that's an interesting thing. It looks like that actually there may be something that uh, Jerry could offer in case some of our advisors or clients or professional investors are looking for help to look at CTA strategy. Yeah, yeah. You and I both know we, we've got friends in the industry who do this for a living. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, they're much better at looking at the microscope and figuring yeah. out what's going on within the CTA. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it's it's obviously something to do homework on. Something yeah. to do homework on. Excellent. So if any of you have any questions about CTA managers, etc., contact us. My, our email is info at 3co-advisors uh, with an O.com. We have other podcasts. We talk a lot of different things, economics, strategies, equity markets, market trends or controversies or interesting points in the market. We'll follow up with a few more podcasts on commodities like indices, different class of commodities. But hope that you get an idea that actually commodity is something that may not be that scary. In fact, you should look at it at least to help you form investment strategy for your clients. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Jerry, for this in helping in this podcast. Thank you, James. Thank you.